Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. It happens every night. Every night. I ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine. Nope. The summer heat never treats me kind. It leaves trouble on my mind. So I'm bidding farewell, putting in my notice, and I'll see you at another time. Sing. This highway does not know my name, and I don't care. Nope. Right to the hook, right just here. Just a white line gypsy getting out of Mississippi with just enough gas to get there. Low budgets live. Not so live from the low budget live bar and grill here in beautiful southern middle Tennessee. Hope all you low lifers are doing well out there. And this is the podcast for Monday, March the sixth and we have clicked over another page on the calendar they go by really fast these days it seems like but uh we're certainly headed towards better times better fishing of course you can't say uh, it's been much of a winter around here it's been kind of kind of crazy uh weather wise but uh already got some fish spawning in the uh, tennessee river valley area it's crazy it's crazy about as early as i've ever seen justin lucas made a post this week of catching fish on gunnersville on the bed sight fishing like february 27th that's that's about as early as i've ever seen it i'll be honest if not the earliest uh in my entire life so lots of crazy weather patterns and uh fish are changing but man march is that time for me where you're starting to really 
really get in the thick of it, that pre-spawn around here, and and, uh, and also that pre-turkey hunting mindset. So uh, March is always, always, always welcome. And uh, something else is welcome. A lot of y'all have been asking. Got a clean bill of health this week from the cardiologist. So I had an echocardiogram done. Finally got all the results from a heart monitor deal. And uh, they did see some things that were irregular, but chalk it up to COVID kind of situation there. Post-COVID pericarditis is what it was diagnosed as. No physical damage to the old ticker. So we are back. I've been cleared to uh, get back to exercising, thank goodness, and uh, and fix and knock some of these OLBs off of this uh, lowlifer here. So thank y'all. Thank y'all for the thoughts, prayers, questions, comments, people sharing stories. They're having the same thing going on. So absolutely back in the saddle now. Got that out of the back of my mind. And uh, life moves on, man. Scary, scary times there for a couple months, but uh, we're, we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be all right. Like the triple threat said, she said, "I gotta keep putting up with you." That's what the cardiologist said. I get to put up with you for a little bit longer. So that's uh, always always good to hear, man. But yeah, I just want to say a big thanks to all you low lifers for uh, for checking on me so much in the last couple months. Something else that was scary, <laughs> also hilarious. Uh, it's been viewed a lot. Since uh, since I uploaded it last week, but I fell in, fell in uh, out at one of my favorite little lakes to fish around home. Um, if you haven't seen the video, it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, but I, I kind of posted it a as uh, a warning to folks: Hey, bring some extra clothes when you're fishing in the winter, especially if you're by yourself. You need to wear your dang life jacket, which I do more than I don't, and uh, I did not have it on Sunday while I was actually fishing. Of course, running around, running the big motor. You're crazy if you're not wearing a life jacket with a kill switch hooked up, but um, big proponent of that, obviously. But wasn't wearing it while I was fishing, and, and I do a lot in the winter. My, my entire life, I've always been big on that, and, and uh, man, it was like 60 degrees or, you know, high 50s. Uh, Sunday afternoon, man, and I, I just I didn't have it on. But I went in the drink, and the water temperature was 51, 52. It was brutal. It was brutal, and it uh, it was kind of a chaotic scene, as you, you can see in the video. I'm going to post a YouTube video about it, too, with a longer clip, because I was in the water for several minutes and uh, in about eight feet of water. Took a bunch of rods with me over the side. Got hooked by an Alabama rig going in. I didn't realize any of that happened. I just knew a lot of rods ended up in the water. But what, what the catalyst to all this was I got a got a bite on a jig, the OLOB, and uh, I hook this three-pounder, and he gets me to this log, and he comes, like, he hits the log as I'm bringing him over, or this limb off of this treetop, and he hits it. He comes off, and the fish just kind of, like, bowls over this limb. It was really crazy. So see the whole fish. Then my jig just sticks, just like right in this fork so i'm like all right i'll go up there couldn't get the pop loose so i go up there and i'm trying and i'm it's right there like there i can see it and i go to get it free and the rod and in the video you can see this like it just goes out of my hand my hands weren't wet i don't know it was like it jumped out of my hand it was a mega bass rod very expensive that sucks i pay retail for them at uh, baitworks uh using code duncan-10 but i i I buy them. So, uh, but I've really, I, I like those rods a lot. I've been free agent on the, in the rod game, but anyways, it, it goes down and I, the water's pretty clear out there and I could see it. Like it was just slowly sinking. Right. So I, I go to, uh, 
to grab it. Well, before I know, I'm like elbow deep trying to grab it, and it's still going. And then my feet just kind of, you know, came over my head, and there we went kind of deal. Uh, over the side of the X-21. But, um, man, it was tricky. I couldn't climb back over the side. The, the motor was hung up in some limbs, so I didn't want to swim that way. And what's amazing to me in that situation, and I, I took a Coast Guard class years and years ago, when I was doing some a little bit of guiding when I was in college, you had to be Coast Guard certified and whatnot. And I took a, took a class and uh, they call it the five 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 rule. When the water's less than fifty five degrees, you've got five minutes or so before hypothermia symptoms, uh, hypothermic symptoms start setting in. So the whole time I'm in there, my legs immediately just locked up. It was wild how quick it happened. And I know you got Gerald Swindle out here doing the ice bath challenge and all this dumb stuff. He said it makes him feel like he's 70 years old again, makes him feel young again. And uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. But uh, but my legs immediately were just like, just like, like they, like they were in a bear trap, man. And But then your brain... Like, I see how people get in trouble. Like, I've always been like, oh, well. And you hear people say, oh, I'm a good swimmer. I'm this, I'm that. But everything just kind of goes into a weird state when your body hits that that cold. And, uh, and look, 51 is certainly not 40s, but damn, I, it's the coldest water I've ever been in and uh, or wanted to be in, that's for damn sure. And, and it's just like your brain's kind of, and you can, in the full video, you can hear me saying, you got to get out of this water. Like, I just keep saying it because, man, I was like, almost just sitting there and I, I was able to get my, get my butt up on the log and I'd actually, all this had happened on and it, it ran off the bank at an angle and I was able to kind of slide, hold on to the boat and slide up that log until I could get to shallow enough water to climb over the front. Like I did. So whew, I've had fun with that this week though. So many funny comments. Uh, from people and and then I like it's always funny to me when things get outside of the realm of like your your following whether that's Instagram Facebook you know something something kind of goes semi-viral because it's like over a couple hundred thousand views or whatever on Facebook and gets shared and shared and shared and shared so you're you're running into people that aren't bass fishermen or you're running into people that uh that aren't uh necessarily fans of yours they don't know who you are or what whatever and uh and it's, it's really funny. I mean, people are brutal, <laughs> too. They're just like, piece of garbage. That's what you get for being greedy. Like, the mom's basement comments on the internet never cease to amaze me, no matter what's going on. But uh, had some funny ones this week, man. Dumbass. Just like, just like really, really funny ones uh, from definitely outside of our our circle and our world in this in this bass fishing craziness. Um, I had some, uh, I posted a picture. I'd gone the day before and caught some of them craps. Some of them big slabber dabber crappies. Uh, I am a big fan of that now. I've never done it that much in my life, uh, and I man, I, I'm I'm Wally Marshall, Bobby Garland Duncan now, and uh, thanks to LiveScope, and it's it's a it's a time. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, definitely get back after that in the next couple of days. But uh, but I'd done that the day before, and I posted that picture. Well, after all the heat got on the video. I post on Sunday, dude, that picture started picking up steam. Then I start getting like vegans commenting on it. Cause I'm talking about eating fish. Like it was bananas on Facebook this week, but, uh, had a good time, man. You're never going to get away from like hating comments and people just, the, the internet's a weird place, man. I've seen that with, uh, I was talking to Ronnie more about this little Ron, little, little buddy Ron. Um, it's just amazing to me how, how 
and I think I've talked about this in the last couple weeks on here, but how angry fishing fans are and the things that they have not only time to type and say, um, but they just break down every video that Bass MLF post looking for something negative. It's not like, oh, my God, that's really cool what just happened. Like Tyler Rivette catching one on a swim jig, you're like, oh, that's dang cool. But then they're like, oh, he's an idiot because he's flexing and he's doing this and he's doing – and it's just like, man, it really takes away from what's actually happening. And I, and I think that's just our culture now because of social media, but it's just kind of – Kind of sad to see, but uh, experienced a little bit of that this week. And it's been a while. It's been a while since I had one of the little viral clips that people got all tore up about, and uh, it was it was fun. So uh, go check it out if you haven't seen it. It was insane. I'm doing fine. My legs were sore all week, but which was kind of weird, but uh, all good. Nothing but my pride. Ordered another Mega Bass rod from Mega Mega Bass. I mean from uh, Baitworks. So we good to go, and a new Corrado for it, and uh, and we gonna we gonna get after them again. We're going to get after them again. All right, let's 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 uh, talk these sponsors real quick. Got to say a huge thanks to these folks each and every week. Startron, Starbright, down there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Good, good people, and they make this right here. Startron, kicking ethanol in the teeth, an enzyme-powered fuel treatment. It's going to take care of your weed eater, your chainsaw. Most importantly, that outboard engine, because ethanol, all fuel, unless it says ethanol-free, it's going to contain at least 10% ethanol. And when it sits, especially for over a week or two, it can set up a disaster for you the next time you go out on the water. All you got to do is drop a little dab of this in your tank and let StarTron do the work. We appreciate the folks from StarTron bringing you low-budget live and kicking ethanol in the teeth. In the teeth. Pro Guide Batteries. I've got a – let's see here. I use the same sound effects for everything, but we'll be dramatic. That wasn't dramatic. Ah, oh, hit the wrong one. That's just the that's just the super cool drum beat. I kind of want to hear more of that. But anyways, not so dramatic. I went. To, I meant to hit this one. Yes, ladies and gentlemen. So, Pro Guide. I talk about them each and every week. Been running them for a couple years now. Big fan. Big fan of Pro Guide batteries. Started with those thirty-one series AGMs. Then I uh, still use that for my cranking battery right now uh and i'm using those new pro guide lithiums for my trolling battery but i have an announcement they're going to drop this bad boy at the bassmaster classic and i'm going to try not to butcher this but right here let, let's see i even brought one with me look at this look at this right here got a battery in the shop in the bar and grill pro guide lithium this is a 24 series size cranking battery now there's been a lot of discussion over cranking batteries in the lithium world uh, for a couple of years, some of the engine manufacturers have, have said, oh, that's a big no-no. Now they have released requirements, like Mercury has certain requirements that these batteries have to meet, and this Pro Guide will absolutely meet those. It has 75 amp hours. It only weighs 19 pounds right here. 19 pounds right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19 right there. It'll be available starting at the Bassmaster Classic. You can find them on ProGuideBatteries.com. But the coolest thing for me, um, your bilge area, like they're just getting more and more crowded. So I'm running that 31 series right now, 31 series size, and this takes up significantly less room being a 24 size but has a lot more horsepower 
than the 31 series AGM that I'm currently running. So can't wait to get this thing dropped in the express, but we appreciate pro guide batteries. You can check them out. ProGuideBatteries.com. Use code LBL 10. If you find something on there, you like, and let them know you are a low lifer pro guide batteries. Bait works.com bait dash works.com. Duncan dash 10 saves you money there on them. L O B jigs. I got to, I was traveling last week and, uh, I got to stop into Pro Guy Battery. <laughs> I am all over the place today. But I got to stop into Baitworks, who also sells Pro Guy's Batteries, by the way. Uh, the mothership there in Springfield, Missouri. I got to stop in there and see the see the boys. And, uh, of course, buy too much crap. But they had an LOB dadgum display right there, front and center of the store. So great. So cool to see. But I, if you're ever in that area, go to that tackle store. But if you can't, get on baitworks.com, check out their selection. They are moving and shaking, man, and some of the best people in the game. And I cannot hit on this enough. A, you need to go get some LOB jigs. And B, their shipping times are ridiculous, man. I ordered uh, that rod and reel uh, from them on Monday. I was on the road Wednesday, and my stuff showed up. The triple threat found it. So, uh, you know, uh, she's like, what is this? And I'm like, it's $500. <laughs> That's what that is. That's what $500 looks like, honey. Uh, I love you. I'll take you to dinner when I get home. So baitworks.com, you're going to want to check them out online. And if you're ever in the area, go by there and tell them you are a low lifer. Good people doing good things. Last but not least, hang the banner. <laughs> Express Boats, Hot Springs, Arkansas, that Bassmaster classic winning high performance, all welded aluminum bass boat, 21 feet of fury. The X21 Pro LE, what I'm running this year, Sea Deck, bow to stern, 250 Yamaha show, pushing that bad boy out of the hole very fast. Best hole shot I've ever experienced in a bass boat. It is, uh, it is something to see. Um, not easy to get back in when you're trying to climb over the front, though. <laughs> Whoo, boy, this old weakling had a, had a hard time. Had a hard time trying to pull up on the side of that bad boy. Had to go all the way to the, to the very tip of the bow up there by that Garmin. But uh, love my Express, man. I, I can't, uh, can't, can't uh, express that enough. <laughs> you see what I did there? Uh, Fished in the rain in the in the sea deck all day Saturday last Saturday and uh, really just uh, I see comments people are like oh it gets slick it does not it does not so that EVA floor very cool it's the only bass boat that doesn't bow to stern and I just uh, I'm I'm in love with the boat you can check them out expressboats.com if you ever get a chance to take a ride in one do but I can assure you Express Boats has been building excitement since 1966 and we will be in the Express booth with a Big old crowd and a big bunch of guests, a revolving door of guests. Not even sure who all just yet. I've got I got a lot of names lined up. Bassmaster Classic in their booth, 1 p.m. on Saturday. And then, of course, we will be rocking and rolling there at the Hill Bar and Grill for the Low Budget Live Tailgate Party Meetup Throwdown Spectacular starting about 7 p.m., I'm going to say. 7 or 8, 7 ish 730 split the difference there the hill bar and grill knoxville tennessee on good old rocky top hope to see you there made a post about that this week sounds like a bunch of low lifers are are getting ready starting to get fired up so uh we're a couple weeks away from that all right moving on moving on man i I recorded early last week so i didn't get to uh wrap up the seminole tournament and uh gotta say just 
massive congratulations to Joey Fuentes. He's my buddy. I've had him on here. Y'all have heard him. Cowboy Joe, been around him. We, we fished co-angler against each other. We told all those stories on here. Go back and check that episode out if you missed it. But Joey, is uh, he's, he's a genuine human being. And when I tell you the joy, when I saw he won and he was having the tournament of his life, putting it all together, because he's been very close over there on the pro circuit and uh, had a chance to win the title championship a couple years ago, but just love seeing him hoist that blue trophy. Very, uh, in, a, in a short time period, man, Joey's not a guy that's been doing this for 20 years, which you can, again, go back and watch that episode. He tells his story, but so cool to see him climb the top of that bass fish to the top of that bass fishing ladder. And uh, I'm certainly glad to call him a friend. So, Joey may be joining us at the Low Budget Live, 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 Live as one of the special guests. I'm just going to throw that out there, there at the uh, at the Hill Bar and Grill. Joey played a little music. That's what people don't know. Joey likes to pick and grin a little bit. So we uh, we will see what all we can get going there uh, with Joey C. And another congratulations to a guy that I actually said this to him after he won the Toyota Series at Sam Rayburn in his comments. I said, this won't be the last trophy this year. Dakota Ebear, Clarks Hill, Phenomenal! Just the the videos from that. I didn't get to watch a lot of the live coverage because I was I was traveling, but the the social media clips highlights that I got to watch just so freaking awesome. Catches a, a giant like eight pounder, breaks it off, then catches it again. He's doing the live scope thing. He's up on the bank. He's catching them both ways. Clark's Hill, uh, or Clark Hill, whatever they call it. Great fishery. That was really cool to see, man. A new one on the schedule. Used to be a uh, used to be kind of a constant, in uh, in I mean, man, I, in the '90s it was on a lot of schedules. So it's cool to see it coming back around and uh, and a fun one to to kind of keep up with. So Dakota, man, just uh, congrats. I don't think that'll be his last. One. I think he's the hottest. Uh, it, it, other than Tyler Rivette, I think Dakota's the hottest hottest in bass fishing right now, man. I think he's got the hottest hand, and uh, I don't think that'll be his last. Speaking of Tyler Rivette. I got to get him on here. Interesting dude, but just on fire. I mean, straight up fire and fun to watch. What a what a good dude. Cool story. I, I was told through the grapevine he lost his title sponsor right before the season started, and now he's just got his he's got his fishing logo on his jersey out there repping himself. Man, he's got he's got some other sponsors, but I think his title stepped out on him. Man, and I, I just. So cool to see guys, you know, out there earning it. It's uh, it's awesome to see, man. So all the trails this year, and I can't wait to get MPFL fired up because everything's in full swing, and we we start in a couple weeks down at Pickwick. I'll be in the studio with the Big Cat. And, uh, man, I just can't wait because, golly, fishing's, fishing's fun this year. Weather's cool, uh, like just different weather patterns. We're seeing things progress faster than than we usually do. And uh, all the first tournaments, whether it be BPT, Invitational at Okeechobee, the Invitational at Clark Hill, and then uh, both elites, man, they've been nothing short of of really good. I don't know if you heard that or not, but uh, it's like the wind's blowing 97 miles an hour as I record this, and something just hit the bar and grill, like really hard. I'm not sure what it was, uh, but <laughs> – we will continue on with a bunch of life. I was just making sure the damn roof wasn't about to clap. I, I don't know if you could hear that because this microphone kind of cancels a few things out, but Lord, Lord have mercy. Uh, yes, yes, Lord is what I should be saying. Whew, okay. 
Okay. Yeah, we got like straight line winds as I record this today, and it is humming out there. And I got a lot of big old pine trees here at the uh, Traveling Cir- Circus headquarters, and I'm always nervous. We we lose them if you keep up on social media. You've seen it over the years, I'm sure. But uh, we got some forty foot foot pines on this place, and I don't know what that was. It sounded it sounded limish, sounded limish, not treeish. So we're gonna go check on it here directly. All right, we have got a. Uh, a really good guest this week that that is a guy that I don't know I don't know him personally uh, other than just being around him a little bit over the years. We've never really competed against each other that much other than maybe some some opens way back in the day. But uh, certainly a character in bass fishing that is that is uh, always always smiling, always bringing uh, the one liners. He's he's fantastic, but a guy that. He is such a great shallow water angler, man. Just one of those Carolina boys, great at skipping a jig, great with a vibrating jig, was on the forefront of the Chatterbait Revolution back in the day, and he has won $1.3 million. $1.3 million there all across the board from Bassmaster to MLF. He's currently on the Bass Pro Tour. He will be competing at Redcrest which kicks off this week, Charlotte, North Carolina. They got that expo going down. You can check it out. I hate, I'm going to be out of town doing some business. I will not be able to attend, but I know TH Marine's going to have a booth there. Baitworks is going to have a big booth there. You can get the LOB jigs there and uh, like a 40 by 40. They're going to have a big spread. A lot of other companies in the industry will be there, but it is at the Park Expo and Conference Center, March 10th through the 12th there in Charlotte. I know there's a bunch of fish heads over there. That is for sure. Go check out the Red Crest Expo. I didn't get to make it last year there in Tulsa. A lot of a lot of folks uh, enjoyed it, but uh, didn't get to make it out. And I know we had that exciting finish with the uh, Bobby Lane buzzer beater and all that. So really cool event. Go check it out. I hate that I'm going to miss it. I hate that I, I am going to miss it. I will try to be there next year. That is for sure. March 10th through the 12th. So Andy Montgomery will be competing with a lot of other BP tiers to try to knock down Red Crest five-fish format this year and that. So going to be uh, interesting. Lake Norman's a super interesting fishery. But, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get the sauce from him right now, presented by the W Sauce from Blacksburg, South Carolina. Andy Montgomery. Well, all right, as promised, here he is, Mr. Blacksburg, South Carolina. I think he's the mayor, the mayor down <laughs> there, Andy Montgomery. Thank you for joining me, buddy. I appreciate you. Yeah, Luke, uh, good to be here. Absolutely, man. You headed into Red Crest. I talked a little bit about it before I got you on. And, you know, looking looking over your stats, it, it's amazing. You're one of the most consistent anglers over the years, $1.3 million in earnings, and mostly shallow. Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah, it's pretty fair to say. Um, <laughs> yeah. I have, I did, I, I have had a few events offshore, good, but uh, mostly shallow. Yeah, you, you, uh, if I don't see you with some kind of vibrating jig in your hand or skipping a jig, I, fe- I just don't even feel feel good inside. I'm like, right, turn it off. <laughs> I don't feel good inside either. But, uh, hey, well, I, but I do say this: when you put that check in the bank, they don't ask if you caught him on a jig or a stacky head. You know what? That that is so that's so good right there because in this day and time we all see the social media comments, this and that. Oh man, they're using forward facing. That's not bass fishing, or they're up there doing that. That's not bass fishing. When you're doing it in your line of work, it don't matter, right? That that check hits, it don't matter. And the bass it don't, don't 
No, no. I use John Cox as an example. When he first hit the scene, I thought he was the best jig swimmer and flipper that ever hit the ever ever came on tour. And then he started showing up on camera, and the dude's always got a spinning rod in his hand. <laughs> always got a spinning rod in his hand. And uh, you know, it's just you look at Prosnick and the Dudleys of the world. Yes. Their their philosophy was was I'm gonna catch as many as I can. You know, and, and at the end of the day, I'm going to have me a bag. And then you go back like Andy Morgan's of the world, the, the flippers of the world. So um, but when you put it in the bank, they don't ask if you caught him on a spinning rod or if you caught him on a big boy pole. Or, or in y'all's five fish format now, kind of going back to, to the roots, it don't mm-hmm. matter how many bites you get as long as you got five good ones at the end of the day, right? So it don't, it don't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I kind of. I wasn't forward to five fish. Just really okay. That's, oh, that's interesting. That's that was in my notes just because every BPT guy I've had on this year, I just like talking talking about it because yeah. we all grew up doing that, and I like the format. I, I was all I I enjoyed watching it. The only thing is, if a guy got way out ahead, you know, mm-hmm. I, I get where folks would not like it if you were competing in that format. But uh, and then at the the first one at Toho, I loved the five fish format with the score tracker. Just because yeah. it, was, it was cool to watch the decisions guys were making, right? It was just we've never yeah. had that in that in that five fish deal. But what was your what was your biggest argument against the change? Because I feel like I feel like you would have been one of the, the first ones. <laughs> no, I wasn't jumping up and down for it, but it is. I don't care. You know, that's what I grew up doing. Uh, I mean, I just felt like at a two pound minimum. Now, let me get that straight. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I wish we would have started at a two pound minimum, but you know that's neither here nor there. I wasn't for the two pound minimum either um, until after it happened. I seen the benefits of it. So, um, but at two pound minimum, man, most lakes you don't fish any different. You just don't. Um, yeah. Now, I mean, there's there's always outliners in fishing. That's always outliners in fishing, but most of the time at a two pound minimum, you don't fish any different. Um, because if you think about it, historically, 15 pounds has been a good bag. And our, you catch 15 pounds a day in the course of our careers, you're going to have a pretty dang strong career. Right. Yeah. Every those outliners and all that, but that's just average. A lot of 15-pound bags don't have five over two-pound in them. That's right. Uh, the, the littlest ones are 115. So I thought out of two-pound it, it showed who was best that day for sure. It 100% showed who was the best that day. Now, I will say this with the five fish format, you know, we're doing more of a combined weight deal, which may show who's best over the week. So yeah. it's one of them things, man, you can sit down and you can argue one way and be right. And then you can sit down and argue the other way and be right. You can be right on both sides. Well, I think, especially for the fans of it, you see mixed comments, mixed emotions when it was announced. You had people that loved the every fish. You had, some of the naysayers on the that are grew yeah. up with five, they're like, "Oh, thank goodness!" You know what I mean? Like, I, so I, I don't know if it'll change, but I still thought I think some of the every fish counts folks thought that the drama might go away. But man, Chris Lane no, went into a buzzer beater. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think the the score tracker plus being able to fish to that last minute without having to go to a weigh in does add mm-hmm. to the drama for sure, right? I mean, it, one so the score tracker is the best thing about major league fishing, in my opinion. It's real live time, live scoring. It just is. It's the best thing. Whether it's five fish, all you can catch. You know, it's the ebbs and flows. It's a live sporting event. It's no different than a football game. Or, you know, I, I use the example of golf. 
Um, you know, if you're going in a, to 18, you're down by two shots, and it's a it's a par five. You're going for the green in two. You're yeah. going to. If you go into, you know that, right? And in fishing, we've never knew it. And, and on the flip side, if you go in up by two, you go lay up. That's right. Put it on the green. You go He's make far, and and you think, well, how does that translate to bass fishing? It can't translate to bass fishing. But I'll give you two examples in my career. So the first BPT ever at Kissimmee, uh, at 12 o'clock the second day, I was in dead last. Um, and, you know, Florida, you always fish around boats. It's hard not to. And I'm fishing around these guys, and I'm thinking, there's no way I'm going to catch them catching fish for fish. It's just not going to happen. You got to go you got to go find something by yourself. So I just, I locked down, took off. First place I went, there's a few boats fishing. I'm like, not going there. Found me a bank that didn't have anybody on. And I mean, I cracked them and jumped into the cut and ended up fishing 13 in the event. All right. On the other side of that, that's how you went for the green and two. On the other side of that, uh, I won a round in the selects uh, at Del Hollow. And uh, I think it was Del Hollow, but yeah, Del Hollow. And, and I wasn't catching them very good at all, but I was leading and I knew I was leading. And I'm like, well, if I just stay in the back of this Creek and just keep picking one off every hour and a half, Hey, I'm going to win this deal on the flip side. If I didn't know the score, I would have said, I'm fixing to get my teeth kicked in. Control motor up. <laughs> gone. So it the, the score tracker changes the way you play. No different than football. They go to prevent defense if they're up. They go to hurry up offense if they're down. It's just it's just every sport's played knowing the score and making adjustments knowing the score. I, I'll be honest with you. Being a Tennessee fan, I can't believe you brought up football. <laughs> yeah, they blasted us in there. <laughs> They blasted us. Your post made me laugh. Made me laugh that night, and I I couldn't even give you a hard time. I, I was like, I can't, I can't get on it because Clemson, Tennessee, historically, we don't play. You know, it's not. No. You know, it, that was a fun week leading up to that and all that. But yeah, I, I had to, I had to give you a hard time when you mentioned football. <laughs> I gotta say, the, go the ball. Bad, the bad thing is we battle for a lot of the same recruits, and and yes, Clemson was getting all them recruits, and and now Tennessee's getting a lot of them. So. Yeah. Um, but the whole NIL thing and all that, you know, the, the, the college landscape is changing, but yes, um, it is. we need some yeah. of that bass fishing, Andy, we need yeah. some of that NL. They're giving 19 year old kids, $8 million to throw a football. We can't even get, let's, let's get some of these tournaments to a million dollars first place or something. Come on. I don't well, know how be nice. do that. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was like, go ahead. Like we can get it. We can get it there, but we can't stay there. I, you know, I fished for a million dollars. That's right. You know, a few times in my career. So, um, yeah, it'd be nice to get it there and stay there for sure. But it's the ebbs and flows of the economy, man. And and it's just, I felt like we might be headed that way. And then, and then COVID happened. And, you know, even though, even though sales went through the roof after COVID, we, we both know that working in the industry, um, they've also pulled back now. So, uh, yes, they have. Yes, they have. Yep. Things are things are starting to soften up a little bit. Seems like, and it's uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I don't think we'll see a. I, I pray that we don't see a full blown two thousand eight like we did, where things really bottomed out. But yeah, I can tell you, like on the boat builder side of things, and in in my world at TH Marine, yeah, things are slowing down a little bit. You know, you yeah. start to see that from that COVID hangover, I call it. We had all these people buying boats and buying tackle, never bought it before, and that's all kind of settling out. Seems like. 
Yeah, yeah, it's settling out, but let's hope it settles in a safe place. Yeah, I'm optimistic that it will just because mainly because of high school and college fishing and the amount of kids that's involved in fishing. And you know, there are more, there are, are more people bass fishing. You know, you see a lot of numbers that more people fishing or less people fishing, but I hadn't seen the numbers on bass fishing, but I sure feel like there's more people bass fishing now than ever. I can tell you, and you, you live in a popular, there's more bass fishermen per acre over there where you at. It's like where I'm at in Southern Tennessee, North Alabama, around the Tennessee river. There's more people bass fishing. I can just tell you. I mean, it's, yeah. it certainly feels that there's a lot of boats buzzing around on a Tuesday. If you try That's to, right. you're like, where'd y'all come from, man? 10 yeah. years ago, yeah. you'd be by yourself, you know, it's, but it's yeah. good. It's, it's good to see, um, as we progress and, and what's cool about it for me. And I wonder about for you, cause you, you do like like we said you like shallow water but with all these different folks in here now we got all these college kids and we got people mm. from the world bass fishing these new techniques are popping up and 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 new new things is there something that you've ran into in like say the last four or five years that you've adopted into your fishing mm. like technique Man, wise, is there something that that you've kind of changed andy montgomery's style at all uh, that's, that's a, that's a pretty good question. I probably use a spinning rod a little more, uh, okay. thanks to the John Coxes of the world, but, um, uh, I still try to get away like I always have, you know, fishing the bank, power fishing. Um, you know, I'm still playing with the active target type situation. I've caught them on it. I actually caught some at Cayuga on it. Um, but I'm still incorporating that into, you know, into the shallow water deal. Um, so yeah, there's not really one thing that jumps out, you know. The last big thing for me was the chatterbait. And, you know, now I throw the thunder cricket. But the last, you know, game changer for me um, was the was that. The game changer for the industry is no doubt electronic. No oh, yeah. doubt. And when we talk about Redcrest coming up, you know, um, man, I'm talking to Thrift the other day. We hadn't talked in a few weeks. And, and, and he's like, man. I'm ready for this to be over. I'm like, dude, me too. <laughs> me too. Me too. Well, you um, got a lot of experience there, Norman, just like like Thrift does. And I was about to say that tournament sets up so good for you. That that was one of the reasons yeah. I wanted to talk to you this week, just because, A, your experience, but it's known as this dock lake, brush lake, and you can skip a jig better than anybody. I mean, there, there are like five guys that I would say, all right, those are the elite of the elite of the elite jig skippers, dock fishermen. And you're, you're right there in that mm-hmm. group of guys, Marty Robinson being one of them. I'll throw swindle up there. Uh, I mean, just, just good dock skippers. But when you said that live scope, I mean, it's thrift a little worried that, that that yep. can play out there at Red Chris is yep. he smoking them cigs that nervous <laughs> <motion>. <laughs> I don't I don't I don't know if he's as worried as I am that it could play a big factor. It's gonna play a factor in a, in a you know but when we had the FLW there, I forget the year. Um Brian won, I finished third. Um still ticked off I didn't finish second. But anyway, um you know Brian won I finished third. We had a huge advantage just because of the amount of brush piles, the amount of the good little rock we knew. Um, man, we don't anymore. These cats have been out here. I've seen them. Just, they, don't even, they don't even put a rod on the deck. They just idle. Back then, it was only 2D. You ain't going to find brush and all that at the rate that they do now. 
You know, I was just watching Tristan. Was Tristan McCormick one of the, you know, at the. Dude, he's looking for brush piles during the tournament. He's fishing fresh brush piles. And so that that takes away a lot of the home field advantage. It just does. They're going to know about a bunch of brush that I don't even know about because they've spent the time out here and found it, you know. Um, So I I think electronics have took away the home field advantage, you know, in our sport. Not just that, you know. Old school, looking for a, a, a metal bucket or a rod holder on a dock or just an old dock or yeah. any sign that this, these cats might put brush on it. Yes. And then taking my jig and daubing around, you know, to find it. And, and you know, I forgot a lot, obviously getting older. But, but back in the day, we knew Norman so well. We knew where that brush pile was on that dock. You know, we knew the cast. Well, guess what? They can be fishing down the bank now, and they see a they see a, a rod holder. They just scan around with that active target, like, hmm, yep, there's that brush on that left corner. Where in the you know back when FLW fished there, we knew that in our head, so uh, it was a big advantage. I say all that to say, you know, we know the lake good. We neither one of us has fished a tremendous lot lately. Brian's fished it way more than me, um, but these cats are going to show up knowing it too. And they're good, and they're and and yeah, yeah. I, I I mean they're just good. I don't I don't care if I I fished them all. I fished the FLW Championship. I fished the Classic multiple times, and I fished the Red Crest multiple times. You put a championship with forty guys on any of them tours, them cats are good, and they're even better now with the with the knowledge they show up to a lake with. They already know where the brush piles are, and they already yeah. know all that stuff. So, um. It's it's it'll be a challenge for me or Brian to win or do well just as much as it will anybody else. It, it's interesting that you say the electronics have taken away that home field advantage. I feel that on Pickwick. I fished about oh, one hundred percent down there, yeah. and I know I know where all the little hidey holes are, dude. You roll up the first day of practice, and so does everybody else. You got yeah. you got guys been there for three days just riding around. It's like oh well, he found that little shell bar. He found that yeah dump row you're like yeah. come, you know it's uh it is amazing well and i think the what's changed about it and it's these guys I, I, i'll throw wheeler in there i had him on right after he'd been to norman pre-fishing and he said he rode barely made a cast for like six days or something i don't have that in me to ride around yeah. and look at the screens and i know yeah. i don't feel like you're a guy i don't know do no, 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 no. i don't yeah. got it in my i don't have it in me i don't yeah. i don't i can't do it but these dudes can. Edwin did the same thing, you know. He he was here and and um, he actually used a, a boat from Bass Pro and and you know Eric called me and he's like, "How do you put that many hours on a boat in three days?" It's like the dude sleeps six hours <laughs> and he's out there island the other whatever eighteen in a day. You like that math, didn't you? As a Clemson graduate, no, just did no, that I in like his head. That. That's that. That's that. That's that tiger in you right there. Yeah, but you put that. You put that kind of kind of time behind the electronics we have today, and they'll be a local pretty quick. Not Man. to mention Google Earth. Not to mention Google Earth. We didn't have yeah. Google Earth back in them days. It's just, um, yeah. So they show up ready to compete, and and yeah, it's uh, I just feel like Pickwick, Gunnersville, they're all classic examples of, of yeah. you know, how the, how the home field advantage has kind of lessened over the years. 
Without a doubt. I think it's interesting you say that about Edwin because whenever Edwin first came on the scene, I thought he was just this shallow water power fisherman too, for the most part. Yeah, he won smallmouth events and different things. And, and you've seen him do a lot of different things. One down on the Alabama River, the big crankbait. I mean, he's done a lot of different things over the years. But to hear that, yeah, Edwin just goes up there and graphs all day. That's just, it's crazy to think that he's kind of adapted to that as well. Mm. Uh, yeah. I know he's a meticulous guy. I could see him doing that. Uh, what yeah. about your buddy Ott? Is he an idler? Will he go idle for no, hours? Well, hours yeah, yeah, he will. In, he don't free practice. Um, you know, I, I don't typically. I don't free practice either. Um, so, but Ott idles a lot in tournaments. I mean, well, he does it in the tournaments too. But um, you know, he'll idle a lot in our two days of practice for sure. And he finds that obscure stuff. One thing that made thrifts are good, you know, for so many years. Um, you know, thrift was ahead of the curve with the 360, you know, that and yeah. the side engine and the 360 type stuff, you know, he was on the forefront of that. Um, and now you're seeing the guys on the forefront of the forward facing sonar. Um, so yeah, Ott does it more in the tournament though. He's really good with, with his side image and stuff too. He'll find, man, that dude finds so many schools shallow. That's, that's schools of fish, you know, oh, yeah. multiple multiple casts you know four to six seven foot of water that's hard to do it's hard to do but he does it thrift with his side image and stuff i can remember talking to him on pickwick one time finding little little old holes depression springs whatever and i'm like man i've been down here since i was five years old i didn't know that was there he's like yeah duncan i had this place i'd stop and catch 18 pounds right out of the jump you're like where's that drop a brother After you leave, yeah. you know, I, I'll never yeah. forget that down there. Uh, I forget who won that one. It's in the summer, a tour event down there. But uh, I was with him and Gagliardi down there one night having dinner, and he's like telling me about it after day one. I'm, you sucker. You you sorry. <laughs> you are. Yeah. Uh, he so, so I want I want to. You said the chatterbait was just the the last thing that really changed your life, fishing wise, and you were the guy. Like mm. it's your it's it uh, between you and thrift. It's y'all's fault. Y'all could have kept yeah. it to yourself. It could have no, been. No, you couldn't. <laughs> you couldn't have. But, no, no. but talk about that time because how many years has that been? Uh, it's 2005 ish, something like that. Yeah. I quit work in 2006. So it was, okay. it was uh, 2006, seven, something like that. Um, it's better years than me. I'll ask him, like, when when we, when we fish the elites? And he'll just rattle off the years. When we go to make, you know, I, I don't, I don't keep up with years, but, um, so I, so the guy that invented it, uh, Ron Davis, Ron Davis senior, um, you know, he was, just, he was friends with, with a, an old friend of mine and, uh, they was fishing together and, and, you know, Ron said, whenever I let them go, I'll give you one. Um, and he did. And then I gave Brian some, he won one Okeechobee. And even when Brian won Okeechobee, we didn't realize the power of it. You know, oh. you know, we we didn't realize the power. Now, you know, Tony, my old buddy, he was telling me what was happening at Lake Wiley when he'd go fishing with Ron. So, um, you know, you look back on it and thrift won that it exploded. I won the co-winger of the year that year. That's the year I fished. Back then, you had to qualify to get an FLW right, if right. you didn't have a sponsor exemption. So we was fishing the the Everstarts and the and the. Uh, FOW tour is a co-hanger. Um, 
and I won the coin a year mainly because of that bait. I had it. Nobody else. Boy, I could tell you some stories on that. It's so funny, but oh, uh, people begging people in the floor, please. I give you five dollars. Oh, yeah, the late Mark Pack, who I, I had a yes. blast with him in the in the back of Coffee Slough at Pickwick. Um, man, that, he was head deep in his rod box looking for one. And uh, he finally found one. I think he was in like second that day after it was. It was a, that that day there showed me the power of that dude because he's flipping them cypress trees, and he flips all the way around them. And Mark was an incredible fisherman, um, and he's flipping you know whatever the Lake Fort bait was then the the beaver style raised bug yeah. style bait, and he saturated them trees and he didn't get a bite. And he'd go on and I'd roll that chatterbait by him and, and catch one. I'm like. Whoa! Fast forward to the Alabama rig, did the same thing. You catch yeah. fish that you couldn't catch on anything else. So, um, so yeah, that's when I really realized the power of the, of it. And but it, it it really helped me in Brian's career, you know. Um, you know, so so after it exploded, Ron and and uh, Ron Junior, who was kind of leading the business side of things, uh, they sponsored us that next year when we was rookies on FLW. So. Um, you know, neither one of us had a bunch of money coming out, so anything helped, and that little bit sure did give us a boost. I ain't gonna say we wouldn't have made it without it because I feel like we would have found a way. You know, we always found a way. Um, sleep in your truck, whatever, split a cheeseburger, do what you got to do. But you know, it, it sure helped. That's a that's a fact. And then you know, he sold the Z Man. We was there one year. Um. And then kind of went on about our past and our career. Uh, Brian's back with Z Man a little bit now, but you know I've built my career with Strike King. So yeah, um, it's uh, it's it was it was very very influential in in our career, no doubt, no doubt. It's crazy to think that, and and you guys, I had heard of y'all forever around here, and I was I was real tight with Gagliardi back then. You know, I Anthony and I were I had met Anthony about two or three years earlier and he's always telling me about thrift and about you and Jason Quinn over there in that part of the world. Yeah. I, I knew of you boys. And then I'll never forget. It was Oh four right before the classic at Charlotte and uh, at Wiley there. And I went, I stayed at Anthony's house and him and his daddy, big G, the late big yeah, G. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He was... One of my favorite humans of all time. Man. Ever. Ever. The best, yeah. the best. And yeah. uh, we miss him. I'll assure you every day. And so I go out on Murray. It's August. It's hot. It's miserable. And he goes, oh, we can go out here and, and cast around a little bit. And he hands me this thing. He goes, you got to check this out. And it's a chatterbait. And he, <laughs> he had a big old fluke on, you know, Anthony's always got something crazy. He's throwing. He's always yeah. coming up with something with that engineering mind of his. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I'm like, this this thing's wild. Well, the fishing was terrible. We didn't catch anything. Well, I just I never even I just go on about my business, right? I don't even tell anybody about. Oh man, y'all see this thing? Anthony's guys called a chatterbait, and then right after that, you boys go on this tear, thrift wins, and I'm going. Oh no, I have screwed <laughs> up by not listening to Gagliardi on that. He's done that to me several times. Side imaging was another one that I didn't jump yeah. on immediately after he showed me all about it at Murray one time, but. But it's crazy to hear you say that that bait for you and Thrift who've had these amazing careers. Really, what it was the that was the just the catalyst that got it rolling. Oh, it and y'all would have made it regardless. But that that was that springboard y'all needed. That's so crazy to think about. Yeah, yeah, 
And I mean, I'm still friends with, with, I hadn't talked to Ron senior when, when our mutual friend Tony passed away a few years ago, you know, we seen each other and, and, and talked and, um, but I still talk to junior, you know, a few times a year, um, sometimes more than that. So, um, man, and me and Brian talked about it, you know, we're, we're forever grateful for, you know, to them too. We, we are forever grateful. Now they're grateful for us too. Now don't get it. Don't think they ain't. Don't think they ain't. Uh, Ron's Ron's wife, uh, Valerie, uh, she's a sweetheart too. She actually named her cat Shelby. I think she named her cat Shelby because of Thrill. So uh, it's a mutual gratification, brother. There, I, I, it's a mutual gratification. I can imagine the chatterbait royalty checks. The chatterbait earnings are okay <laughs> around that house. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Uh, that, that was one of them that, uh, especially with all the patent stuff, I mean, it's just been that bait that man, it's, it's been uh golly. That's been, a, it's such a big one. Now you were influential though, in the thunder cricket too. With yeah. King. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, I know it's great. A lot of guys catch them on it. You, you are, uh, I've got a bunch of them in the boat myself and, uh, I think it's cool. Now you got the loose signature series. You got all your rods. You got yeah. a, I mean, that it, reel. Now don't forget that reel. That reel is what I'm proud of. That reel's a bad dude. I don't <laughs> have one of them yet. I'm going to have to. Oh, I've seen the videos. Can, yeah, if you think you skip now, you get one of them. See what happens. Really? Now is yes, it, it's that good. Is it just the braking system that you're. No, no I ain't going to deal there. I ain't going to. I did something simple and just made a shallow spool <laughs> and it worked. <laughs> okay. I ain't. I ain't going to take credit for the insides and the engineering side of it. Obviously, Lose is one of the leaders in the industry, so they already got great gearing. They they, they got all that. Um, I just came up with the shallow spool, and boy, did it work. That's awesome. It, 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 it exceeded my expectation. I mean, it's just we just came out, you know, so we had a high-speed one, so, so I basically threw a jig and, you know, slack line stuff on it. Um, but we just came out one that I wanted one to throw Thunder Cricket, Spinner Baits, everything on it. We just came out one that's a seven speed that I throw everything on it. It's a bad dude, man. I'm proud of that joker. You can't tell. I, I, I like it. I, I'm going to go to the tackle store this afternoon. I got a big loop <laughs> right down the road. Now I'm like, yep. There you go. I know what I'm going to go do today because I'm a dock skipper. So I anything to help my fat thumbs out, I'm, uh, <laughs> I, I'm game for it, buddy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Man, that, that That's crazy to see. Do you, uh, with the Thunder Cricket, do you uh, do you have any favorite favorite uh, color setups or anything? I normally don't do nuts and bolts type stuff on here, but yeah. I, I mean, but but I think that uh, I got an expert. We got to pick yeah. your brain, dude. Is there a yeah. is there a certain line setup with your chatterbait you're always going to go to, or do you vary it? Because I feel yes. like I stick with the same thing all the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I do too. I throw twenty okay. pound fluorocarbon. Hey, twenty. Um, you know, I think most people's got away from braid on that sucker. You know, for sure. Brett Brett Height throws fluorocarbon. I throw fluorocarbon. Todd Alton, who's who we know is extremely good with that bait, he actually still throws monofilament. So, uh, okay. most people most people has got away from the braid side of it. Um, as far as colors, it's just pretty simple: the whites, the black and blues, the green pumpkin, the go. You know, we just come out with the gold blade, so that's pretty yeah. cool. Uh, the biggest thing with a with a you know, any everybody calls them bladed jigs now. I still call them chatterbait some, or I call them thunder crickets most of the time. But the biggest thing with any of that is you can change your trailers up. 
and and really change your bait. You know, so I use the raised bug, I use the blade minnow, I use the raised swimmer. Um, that's that's a big deal. You know, changing up your trailer. Do you use the full size raised bug? Yeah, most of the time. Yep. Okay. yep. That raised bug when it's flat, you know, and you you come through wood cover, it helps keep it from rolling over. So okay. keeps it a little more snagged. And it skips I'm, good. Too. I'm a big fan of that blade minnow. I, I love that thing. Right? Oh, dude, that's good. Yeah. It's it's yeah. it's tough to beat, man. It's a it's a good one. Like just yeah, that sucker on there. Don't bite off a centimeter of it. I like the profile <laughs> it gives you. I, yeah. I, I like yeah. that thing a lot. But twenty pound fluoro all the time. So that's where I'm at. That's where I've always been with it. Uh, me and little Trey Swindle get into arguments all the time. He's like fifteen pound line. I'm like, what are you, are you crazy? No, you? I don't do that. I throw I throw twenty. It's got a jig hook in it, man. You got to get a hook through them. That's right. You know, it's got a – I use a little stiffer rod than a lot of guys. Um, so, but anyway, you got to you gotta get a hook through them. And uh, that's the reason I go with the 20. That, that was going to be my next question on the rod is when you said a lot stiffer because when I first started out, I was like, ah, I was throwing on a medium, medium, medium heavy, like something I might throw a spinnerbait on with a little – because, I mean, a spinnerbait's the same way for me. He's got a – I don't, yeah. want a, I don't want a fairy wand on it because it's got a meat hook in it. I mean, most good spinnerbaits yeah. you throw, so you want to drive that hook in. But I've gotten with my chatterbaits, I, I do like that, not necessarily the full-blown cranking rod, but I do like a glass, that medium heavy is what I've kind of come to come to like. But you, you're saying you like something a little stiffer than that then. Yeah, yeah, mine's, mine's medium heavy, and it's, it's okay. got a lot of tip to it. Um, you know, I mean, it's, it's a loose signature series, but right. it's – it's a bad dude too, but but man, you got to do what works for you. It works for me. I do a lot of skipping. I fish a lot of cover, um, so I need that backbone to get that hook through him and get him out. But I also need that tip, you know. To um, I think it does help a little bit to have a tip. But that's one of them things, man. If you if you sit down, I'm gonna argue with you. My rod's the best, and I'm gonna tell you why. And then you sit down with Brett Height. We know how good he is. He's gonna argue that his is the best. And and we're both gonna be right, you know. You know, there's nothing's absolute in fishing. So, um, but I do like a little stiffer rod. I just that's a big old hook. That's a that's a in the Thunder Cricket. It's an owner jungle hook. That's what it is. Yeah. Um. So I want to drive that baby home. I like that. I, I I've caught for over the years. Like I said, I've just played with different combinations. My buddy Brad Knight, he's always like, throw them cranking rod, throw that thing in the river, man. You mm. need a stiffer rod. We always mm. argue about. About rods, so I'm like, I got Andy Montgomery. I'm fixing to ask about some uh, some rod setups, and I know you got your signature series, and I, I've just I don't own one yet, and I, I've got to yeah. get one. I, the man that's the chatterbait guru. I gotta uh, <laughs> I I got to uh, to get a hold of that. So I got I got to get away from fishing for a second. I I got right, bring it on. You are. I always feel like you are a uh, you're a one liner man. You quick. You're one of my favorite folks to follow on social because you're just real as rain. I say if anybody ever asked me about Andy Montgomery, I'd say you're real as rain. You're showing your <laughs> life. You out there wading through cow crap. Then you have to turn <laughs> next week. I mean, it's it's great to see you always got your family on your social media. I love that about you. But yeah. there's been some big things going on in South Carolina. Now I know this is a little down the road from you, but have oh, you heard about this? These Murdoch, these Murdoch, Mur these this murder, this this yeah. craziness going on. I watched a Netflix documentary this weekend, and I said, "Man, these folks kind of talk like some of them Carolina boys I know." <laughs> Have you been keeping yeah. up with that at all? No, I my wife has. Okay. My wife, I, 
look, I taught her to tie jigs yesterday. Um, and you know, tie skirts on Thunder Cricket. So I taught her yesterday and she got pretty good at it. But she told me she said, Hey buddy, tomorrow ten I think it was ten o'clock or nine o'clock. I ain't tying none. That's when it gets sentenced. And I'm like, nah, but no, <laughs> I watch a lot I watch a lot of sports and uh and that's you know, that's really all I pay attention to. She all them murder mysteries and all that. It makes you think, man. She that's <laughs> she, she's she's into that stuff now. How to kill your husband and all that stuff. She's into it. She said, oh, me. But, yeah, so it's a big deal around here, but I hadn't got into it. So my wife is the same way. That's actually made me watch this craziness last weekend. (laughs) Go to bed. She said, I got a documentary we got to watch on Netflix. And I always accuse her. I'm like, do you watch these? for? It's like R&D when you're R&D in a new bait. (laughs) Are you watching this for research? So. Nobody ever finds me. How how does yeah. this, you can get away with it? And your your wife's the same. All my buddies, it's the same thing. Man, my wife watches all this murder all the time. Like, cause they plotting our death, man. I think they just <laughs> waiting on us to step out of line. Yeah, they're into that stuff, man. It's amazing <laughs> how many wives are into the murder mysteries. It's 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 amazing, really. It really is. But hey, I got two good neighbors, though. I got one on one side of me. He just turned 95, sharp as a tack, ready to go. We got one on the other side of me. He's 81. Hey, watch out for me. <laughs> good. Yeah, yeah I, we're good. We're good. I, I like it. Yeah, I, I got to keep it up with that, and I wrote that down right before I got on this call with you. I'm like, I got to ask mm-hmm. him about that, if he knows anything about that at all. My wife, I was coming down the road. I've been up to Springfield, Missouri this week for TH, and I was coming home, and she sends me this big old text. They found him guilty. She was saying, yeah, 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 it's yeah, all yeah, in, yeah. man. All in. I'm like, who? Who's guilty? Guilty of what? You know, I'm thinking we, one of my friends or something. Eh? They don't never get in trouble. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. That, that's so awesome, man. Uh, talk about a little bit your, your involvement with Fishers of Men. And, and I always, I think it's so cool. I've known Al since I was 16 years old. 39 years old now, I fished my first fisher's meal with my dad at 16. I don't get to fish them as much anymore. Uh, I want to get my boys involved in that, though. It was a, it was an absolute great foundation for so many guys. I, I think, you know, obviously the BFLs are fantastic and things like that, but for a team tournament series, that fisher's men trail, for for obvious reasons, I mean, it's a, it's a great it's a great message. It's, it's good to fellowship the way the meetings are. But it's been a springboard for a lot of careers. You look at, I mean, I think Peroznik competed in those John yep. Cox in the national yep. championships. There's been so many guys. Uh, but now you're you're on what? Is this year? It's uh, years in yeah. a row of, of working. Oh, yeah. Years. It's four or five years for sure. Um, but, yeah, Cox was talking about it this weekend. He said the yes. money they won, even the money they won, you know, springboard. That's just, just like for all the reasons you mentioned, it's tremendous tournament trail, strong in Alabama. Hey, they some they some divisions in Texas now paying ten grand first place ever tournament. So uh it's good, but it gives guys a chance to go to a regional and then make a national championship. Uh I think it's the longest running team tournament trail in the country. Uh and we've you know, we've both seen locally trails come and go. So uh okay. to maintain to main Al's Al's a uh you know, a tournament director, that is not an easy job, brother. It's just not, you can't please everybody and never will, but he's, 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 uh, he's extremely smart and he's, he's steady. He's steady. He's just, you know, that dude's so mentally tough and he's so steady, but it, it came about for me from, you know, uh, I had another long time sponsor and, 
and he was getting out of the business and he, he approached me and, uh, um, yeah, he said, you know, this, he's a big supporter. He was saved out of Fisheries of Men event. And, uh, he said, I feel like you're the guy that I want, would you be interested in running the rap and, you know, help them promote the trail? So, uh, you know, he's kind of behind it. I don't take any money from Fisheries of Men. We actually raise money and all that stuff. Um, but it's been good, man. That's it's interesting. Been good. That's, that's you, interesting. That's cool. Yeah, if, if you ever, that was my biggest hangup. I'm like, man, I hope none of these guys think I'm taking money from it. But um, it's been good. And, you know, as I travel around and speak, it's a big part of my testimony. And it's, it's, it's pretty, you know, the short and sweet of it was, was, you know, I watched Ott and Shaw and I sit in all these events and watch these guys share their faith and, and a lot of them's got powerful stories, you know, like really, really powerful. Um, and I was always, you know, I, I, ain't, I, ain't, I ain't got one, you know, I, you know, I love listening to them. I was, you know, I'm a, I'm a, uh, a believer, I'm a Christian. Um, but then how it evolved into, Hey buddy, now you're running the Fishers of Men rap. <laughs> what you going to do now? You know, it's yeah. just, it's how it's how you know God works in all our lives. I'm actually going tonight to speak at one um, in Albemarle. So it's a it's a really really good trail for all the things I mentioned, um, and it's just you know it's been good for my career for sure. My one of my number one fishing memories came at a, at a Fishers of Men. The first one I ever fished, Gaston, Alabama, Neil Henry, me and my dad. I was 16 years old. And Al was there, man. I thought that was so cool. I was like, man, that's a national. This is this is the dadgum national. <laughs> you know, and you're trying to get you. I, I would. I was ahead of the curve, just like you were, as far as there wasn't no high school fishing when I was coming up. I mean, yeah. you had to fish what you could fish, and so this is what me and my dad we had welling mm. clubs around home. And then he found that, and he goes, "Hey, I, I think we ought to fish this thing." And what's crazy about it for me is a lot of reasons, but I met the owner of TH Marine at that tournament, Bill Huntley, who who passed. Yeah. Last fall, I, Mr. Bill was fishing the tournament. He was a local tournament legend around here. You know, I'd I'd fish yeah. him in tournaments, but I got to spend time with him. We roomed next to him a few times. So Mr. Bill fished him with his son-in-law, and then my boss today, Greg Bowie, our, our executive vice president now, but he was a sales manager at the time, was the guy to beat in that division. Him and yeah. his dad, they won the points. Yeah. Right? So me and my dad come in. I'm this kid wearing my tournament jersey, thinking I'm all big and bad, got my Triton jersey on. But we yeah. got beating, and Al says, guys, we want both partners to come up on stage tomorrow if you got a good bag. Well, somebody raises their hand as, you know, Fishman being smart. I said, well, what's a good bag, dude? It, the weather was brutal. It's early March. And he's like, if you got 10 pounds, come up. I mean, and I'm like, yeah. so me and my dad had a rough time, but we found this one little old hole, offshore hole. We end up sitting on it all day, and we catch nearly 18 pounds of spots off this thing. And we win. It's the first time we'd ever seen Neely Henry, but we come in and my boss to this day, like I said, Greg Bowie, he's the points guy. They're the guys to beat. That's all you ever hear. He was winning red man's back then. I mean, I just knew, yeah. I, I knew Bowie, right? Well, him and it's, we come up and I got my bag and we're in the, in the, in the bump tank there. 
and Al is doing the way and he turns around and says, man, that's a good bag of fish. And Greg Bowie says, thank you. He says, no, look behind you. <laughs> this you, day, remind, you. You remind him of that daily, don't you? Every time we're in a boat, I'm like, you remember that time when I was 16, I kicked your teeth in over there at Nina Henry? <laughs> but he, he, for years, though, I thought Greg hated me because we came in, we won the points. We, and and yeah. I was like, man, that guy don't like me. And then right out of, when I was in college, he came up to me at the Bassmaster Classic, started talking to me about maybe going to work for TH. So, just crazy how things, but fishers of men, I've got plaques down in my garage points. Yeah. I'll never, I'll never, ever take for granted my time getting to fish those. So I, I, I love seeing that logo every time yeah. it comes across and on your Jersey and everything, man. It's, it's always been cool. It's a really good deal. It's been good to me. And like I said, you know, Al's, uh, man, that dude's so mentally tough and you know how uh, the mental aspect of this sport, how important it is. And he's been a big influence on me just getting to know him, being friends with him. How mentally tough, you know. He lost a son. Yes. You know, at, yes. You know, in a tragic car wreck, and and gosh, dude, he just he's just mentally tough, and and uh, it's been good. It's, he's mentally tough because you know where his where he's grounded at. He's grounded right. in his faith. That's that's where he gets his toughness from. But uh, it's been good, man. It's a great trail. Look, you, you it's, there's something about, and you'll remember this, you know, when you're fishing, you first start, and there's something about qualifying for that regional. Yeah. You know? And then there's something about qualifying for the for a national championship. So, um, that's 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 one of the only trails, team trails I know is in existence nationwide that that you can do that. Yeah, I fished a national championship. I, I turned 17. And uh, I had a BFL regional that I qualified for as a co as The first year they had co-anglers. And I nearly won the points in that deal at 17. And I made it to the regional at Seminole. And I caught one the first day and a seven-pounder the second day, one big fish, and almost made the All-American out of the back. <laughs> 17. I rode down there with a buddy. My dad fished the first day of the Fishers of Men National Championship on Neely Henry without me. And I drove all night and got to the boat ramp, yeah, with my buddy, and climbed in and fished it. So, man, I got a lot of memories of them fishers. Man. This is a national, yeah. In, in your mind, this is a national. This is it. They giving away a boat, son. When you, fish. I'm rolling. Well, all right. <laughs> um, my apologies to Andy Montgomery to all you listeners. I was about to wrap it up. We were we were winding down. A lot of good stuff there with with Mister Montgomery. But uh, as you can see, the lights are back on. That was, uh, that was interesting. That was interesting. So as you heard earlier in the episode, crazy storm, straight line winds here at the bar grill today. And, uh, power went out, power went out for hours. I'm just now recording the, the end of this several hours later. Andy had some conflicts. We couldn't finish the episode, uh, the interview with him. We got a lot of time with him there though. And we're grateful for it. Uh, but I was just going to wish him luck at red crest at the end and, and, uh, and and give him a hard time about his big boy violation he posted the other day when he fell down in the boat. It was fantastic. Go look at that that video. It'll make you smile on his social media. But uh, thanks to Andy for coming on. Best of luck to him out there trying to chase down that three hundred k and that trophy man on a lake that he knows a lot about. But I certainly enjoyed it. Uh, hope all you did too. <laughs> Sorry for the abrupt ending. It was just sitting here like what the hell. What the hell? And I thought, you know what? We we can get back on the call. Well, like he said, he had to go speak uh, at a deal and uh, for Fishers of Men, and he had some other family obligations today. We had a real tight window we were trying to record in. <laughs> and 
So yeah, I said, you know what? Let's send it. Let's send it. It's low budget live. And you don't even, you don't even know till you get to the end, right? So I appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in. Thought, uh, I thought it was so cool with the chatterbait stuff. He was just at the height of, of that at, at when it, when it just blew up, it was just Andy and thrift. It was so cool. But, uh, two, two good dudes that absolutely know how to catch them right there, but, uh, they rode that wave. And, and I do think they would have got to the level that they're at in professional angling regardless. Right. They just, they would have found a way, but, uh, amazing, amazing stuff. What's amazing is you can, I, I know you can't hear it through the microphone. There's, it's truly blowing like 40 with gust over no telling what at my house right now at the, at the bar and grill. So, uh, I'm going to get off here. I'm going to go put on a helmet and hide from trees. I appreciate each and every one of you tuning in. Like always going to take you out with some Bluxy blues. Do not forget low budget live, live, live at the classic in the express booth on Saturday, the 25th, 1 PM. And then the party, the tailgate, the throwdown at the Hill Bar and Grill Saturday night, March 25th there in Knoxville, Tennessee. We'll see all you lowlifers there, and we'll see y'all next week. See ya! Damn these Biloxi Blues that happen every night and i ain't never met a riverboat dealer that could ever be a friend of mine the summer heat never treats me kind it leaves trouble on my mind so i'm bidding farewell putting in my notice and i'll see you at another time this high